Hey everybody, welcome to an episode of Sunnydale Review. I'm Brian. I'm Jillian. That kind of rhymed. At the, I didn't intend it to rhyme, mm-hmm. but it did. So I think from now on, we're gonna have to do uh, that. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna have to do it. <laughs> Jill. Yes. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the two-part pilot episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Very nice. So it's Welcome to the Hellmouth mm-hmm. and the Harvest for those of you who are like following along here. Yeah, and actually, kind of interesting. A lot of shows just call it, we'll just like call it pilot, but we actually have a title for this episode. Yeah. Which is like kind of rare. And it's also kind of funny. This is, maybe people won't find this funny, but I remember one of the first like adult shows I ever watched was Lost. In the mm-hmm. first episode was pilot part one and two. And I thought that was like pertaining to. Like airplane pilot? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a long time it's like no they just yeah. weren't creative enough to come up with the title mm-hmm. they put all of their creativity into the actual storyline of the show yeah. and then just kind of winged it with the but anyways with the- we actually have real titles for this yes <laughs> and uh if you are just finding this podcast on episode two go back and watch episode one where we introduce ourselves and talks a little bit about the unaired pilot mm-hmm. which i don't know if that actually did have a name other than unaired pilot, we no, certainly it was didn't call pilot. <laughs> and it uh, was never meant to be a real episode. It was just mm-hmm. meant to help get them picked up. So, right. yeah, we we talked about that. So it's a fun episode. You should go check it out. Uh, we worry that Brian is a little bit too trusting um, yeah, yeah. of strangers. Apparently I'm gonna get murdered by a vampire. Definitely would have gotten himself killed in the mm-hmm. theater by a vampire in high school. <laughs> Maybe turned into one, like a character in this episode. Yeah. Oh well, I guess technically the second episode. The second half of the first mm-hmm. episode. They they both aired on the same day. Right. So it's okay. So when did when did this come out? Uh so Buffy premiered on March third, nineteen ninety seven. Um was a so for those of you who don't know, uh, there is a Buffy the Vampire Slayer movie that came out. Mm. The show is technically canon. Okay. With um, the film. With the film. Yeah. So when you hear Buffy talk, Buffy talk about um, how she got kicked out of her old school, mm. burning down the gym, um, all that stuff, that's the stuff that happened in the movie. So it cool. is technically canon. All right. That's actually really good to know because obviously like when I started the series, I I'm 100% sure I just stumbled upon a random, like, season three episode and then just watched through. Mm-hmm. And then by the time it came back around on FX, I didn't put two and two together that there was, one, even a movie. Mm-hmm. And then, two, uh, that the movie might actually have anything to do with the show until recently when we were talking about it. So, you know, I think it is interesting for her to talk a little bit about, oh, yeah, like, I burnt down a gym. Or, I guess, the principal, like, Let's us know about yeah. that. And then it's a continuing thing for at least the first season. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's interesting that that actually is, you know, obviously different actors and actresses. and However, that. However. it was still created by Joss Whedon, technically. Mm-hmm. So Joss Whedon, uh, creator, director of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, or at least like all of the good episodes, let's be honest. Oh. Um, <laughs> sorry, Marty. Um, so... He was the one who came up with the entire kind of idea around Buffy, which Mm. is normally in horror movies, you have the blonde girl goes into some dark, scary place, Mm. usually like an alley or Mm. a man in the street, whatever, Mm. gets herself killed. Wouldn't it be funny if the blonde girl was the one who, like, the guy comes after her, tries to attack her, the blonde girl turns turns around and kicks his ass. Right. So that's really, like, the premise of where Buffy started. Mm. Um, So... He was the one who came up with that idea. He wrote the movie. Mm-hmm. However, he did not direct the movie. So the directors took it, turned it into like a campy comedy type situation, mm-hmm. um, which Joss didn't love. So when... Oh, I, I can't imagine why. Uh, Joss Whedon, by the way, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, he wrote and directed Marvel's um, Avengers and the sequel, uh, Age Avengers of Age of Ultron. Mm-hmm. He originally wrote the 1992 movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he also has a uh, co-writing credit on Toy Story. Right. Which I just I love. I'm sorry. He I'm did such a job. shoots for Justice League. Yeah. But, uh, right? Justice League? I think so. Yeah. But people didn't really like that movie. But there are definitely moments in it where it's like, yeah, he wrote this part. Oh, yeah. Like with the <laughs> Batman throwing the thing at Flash and it like going by him and them being all quippy. I was like, yeah, okay, he made this a reshoot. It's like there's a there's some Joss in here, you can tell. Pretty much anything that was in the trailer that made you want to see the movie. Was, was Joss. Him. Yeah. 
And then we got there like, oh, this is not actually good. Oh, no. He also has a uh, co-writing credit and he directed Dr. Horrible's sing-along blog, which is fantastic. So good. So good. If you haven't seen it, go yeah. see it, please. I'm begging you. It's Every, so like, good. One of those rare things where people are like, this is amazing. And you watch and you're like, yeah, that actually was amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's Neil Patrick Harris. How can you mm. go wrong? But I mean, and Felicity Day right. and Nathan Fillion. Right. Oh, yeah. Nathan. That actually introduced me to Nathan Fillion because I hadn't watched <laughs> Firefly. And I was like, who is this guy? He's amazing. Yeah. He well, really he's, is. We'll get to that. Okay. I'm not spoiling anything. Mm. Um, you're definitely going to say he was in an episode of Community, obviously. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so also just love, love shows with him. Um, mm. Firefly, Serenity, mm-hmm. Dollhouse, Cabin in the Woods. Half of those were movies. I know I said shows. Don't worry about it. Um, just, just go look them up and yeah. There was another movie recently called Serenity, mm-hmm. but it is not the same Serenity. Not, make sure you're not. watching the Joss Whedon one. The actual Serenity. But watch Firefly first or else it's not going to make any sense. Yeah. Um, watch uh, Cabin in the Woods <laughs> and watch the two videos we made. Yes. On, uh, we get everything. Which is one was a watch along, one's just like a review talking about it. Yeah, I definitely stepped out of the watch along at the right time. (laughs) I had seen the movie before and Mm -hmm. I knew it was coming. And yeah, I also spend like about half of that episode hiding behind a pillow. Yeah, well, I think it was good because Jenny doesn't like horror movies, but because you were there and also not like into the horror elements. Exactly. (laughs) I think that made her more open to like doing more of that kind of stuff. I feel you, girl. (laughs) Um, So yeah, just. Coming back to Buffy here for a minute. <laughs> um, so Buffy was a mid-season replacement for a show called Savannah. Mm. Um, thus, the show had a very, very tiny budget right. and, um, and is basically half of a first season of a regular show. So it's mm. only 12 episodes rather than your normal, like, 22 to 24 episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way it usually works is if a you know show is in the fall where normally mm-hmm. shows premiere they'll get 13 episodes and then if people like it they'll get a back nine they'll get 22 episodes that's a season um sometimes shows don't last like savannah i mm-hmm. i presume i've never seen it so i can't say if that was the first season or not I've never that's heard why of it. it got replaced yeah um <laughs> it did not get picked up and they put buffy in its place and then that went on to have lots of seasons and spinoffs and build like an empire and now we're yeah. talking about it years later so that's that's where we are with that although like i said it's usually like 13 episodes is the first season so 12 interesting i mean that. i mean there's definitely some episodes they could have cut out and, and not <laughs> really lost much but uh i think yeah there's definitely one that i can think of where it's like this is so weird why is this here yeah um so one other thing I do want to mention before we get too far into this is um, a lot of the information that I have, mm. I got off of uh, Passion of the Nerd, which is another okay. YouTube um, Buffy. He's great. He's I was watching amazing. his videos yesterday. Oh my God, he's so yeah. good. Um, so what he does is deep dives into each of the individual episodes, mm. looking at like psychology and um, like the myths and metaphors. And mm. it's, there's so many levels to this show. It's amazing. Mm. Um so a lot of the information that I have, I did get from him. Mm-hmm. Just want to give credit where credit's due. I love him so dearly. Um, yeah, so we'll put a link to his channel down below yeah. and in the iTunes description. So if you want to see a deeper dive in e- into each of the individual episodes, mm-hmm. please go check him out. He's amazing. Yeah. Dream <laughs> dream guest one day. Yes. Okay. My fangirl moment is over. Thank you for that. Um, let's get into Welcome to the Hellmouth. Let's do it. Okay. So... Um, just for some background information here, uh, it originally aired March 3rd, 1997, mm-hmm. or March 10th, depending on um, if you're looking at Wikipedia, but I go by the dates that were in the inserts in my DVDs. Okay. Which... That seems like they'd know, right? Yeah. They're like making the DVD. They'd be like, yeah, we were there. We know yeah. this premiered this day. <laughs> so it's either March 3rd or March 10th, 1997. Mm-hmm. It was over 10 years ago. We'll just go with March. Yeah. Some would say it was over 20 years or ago. over 20 years. I can do math. Yeah. No. Well, it's also part of like accepting like, oh, the 90s are 20 years ago. Oh, yeah. Old. Jesus. God. I'm older than you. Don't go there. Right. <laughs> okay. Um. So the original episode, Welcome to the Hellmouth, 
Uh, it was written by Joss, of course, mm. because it's awesome, and uh, was directed by Charles Martin Smith. Okay. Um, basically, the synopsis is yep. uh, Buffy Summers, a high school sophomore, transfers to Sunnydale High. There she meets her new watcher and learns she cannot escape her true destiny. Mm. Um, one thing to know about Buffy as a whole is that the show does not conform to one genre stereotype. So right. it's it's a drama, it's comedy, it's mm. horror, it's... It's it's a lot Sci-fi in a show. Even. Yes, like, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, I mean, that's why it it's so cool. Like the melding of all these different genres mm-hmm. together, and yeah, it actually is like hilarious. Oh yeah, like when it's funny, it's as funny as a lot of comedic only shows. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and then of course Buffy kicks ass. Yes, like it's, it's dope. I love the show. That's why we're doing a podcast on it. <laughs> Oh, also, uh, some of my information, at least for this episode or the the two part pilot episode, mm-hmm. also did come from the uh, director or not director, sorry, uh, writer commentary with Joss Whedon. Okay. Um. So yeah, yes, I watched all of the episodes twice to <laughs> to watch the commentary as well. Yes, that's hey, that's commitment. That's commitment we need to I succeed. Mean, I mean, if you're if you're gonna if you're gonna own all the DVDs like I do and right. they have the commentaries, mm-hmm. why wouldn't you watch them? They're awesome. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so uh little note from joss mm-hmm. um he said the first thing i ever thought of when i thought buffy the movie was this little girl little blonde girl who goes into a dark alley and gets killed in every horror movie okay. the idea of buffy was to subvert that idea that image and create someone who was a hero where she had always like where before that kind of girl in those movies had always been the victim right uh that element of surprise that element of genre busting is very much at the heart of both the movie and the TV series. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> definitely, like, uh, even in, like, Cabin in the Woods, it's still, like, the oh, trope yeah. in that movie. But uh, I think having a character like Buffy played really wonderfully by Sarah Michelle Gellar, um, being not only, like, she'll kick your ass, but she'll also, like, be incredibly witty and, mm-hmm. like, fun and, like, you know, an actual, like, caring friend. I think she's an incredibly important character in just the history of, like, movies and television oh, yeah. shows. Like, she is really, like, the prototype, like, strong female, like, mm-hmm. character, in my opinion. I'm sure, yeah. you know, a lot of people have that same opinion. But I think she, I think this show and Joss making this kind of subversion of a trope is important to the history of characters and shows like what you can do when you just take a really well-known story and just twist it a little bit and where that can kind of go from there you know what i mean yeah Yeah. which uh fun fact sarah michelle geller originally was cast as cordelia really she was originally cast as cordelia yes oh i knew she auditioned that's hilarious yeah but then they were having trouble finding a buffy and they Mm. were like uh, we could we could try it out with Sarah, and yeah. then they got Charisma Carpenter to come in and play Cordelia. She's who I so good. I can't, I can't imagine, imagine anyone, yeah. anybody else coming in and playing Cordelia mm-hmm. the way that she did. She is such Queen Bee, mm-hmm. and uh, one of the best arcs like over all the shows too. Yes, I think. Yeah, I mean, she's wonderful. Mm-hmm. But that's so weird. Imagine I a know. world. <laughs> and uh, I do wonder if they would have turned her blonde. I can't imagine Charisma Carpenter as a bo- like. I know that. She has been blonde in the past, the actress, mm. Mm. but like I can't imagine teenage Charisma Carpenter. No, yeah, I know. As a blonde, mean. I know what you're saying. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Um, let's see. Oh, <laughs> Joss made a made a um, oh, a comment in his commentary because that's what commentaries are. Are they? Yeah, are comments? no, I, I've heard. <laughs> Um, that he said, even the theme song of the show, uh, goes along with the mission. It stands, it starts out very, very horror. Mm-hmm. Then it goes straight into rock, mm-hmm. which shows like how Buffy is the girl who has no patience for the horror movie setup. Right. And we'll just go straight in with a rockin' attitude and kick butt. <laughs> I, I like, I like that. I love the theme song. Obviously, like, of course it has like one nostalgia too. Like, it's so I just iconic. like the show, but yeah, I think it is like a really dope theme song. I don't know. And like, yeah. Like you hear it and you're like, oh, I'm ready. I'm ready for this episode now. Like, and, I don't know. It's, I think it's cool. Yeah. And do you know who actually uh, was the one to bring? Don't look at my notes. <laughs> do, you, do you know who was the one to bring that, um, at least the, if not the song, the band to Joss Whedon's attention? Well, now that I can't see your notes, I have no idea. <laughs> Alton Hannigan. Really? Really. 
So I think it's funny uh, uh, while we're on the topic of bands, because it's something I want to pick up. A lot of the bands in the bronze are like real bands at the yes. time. And so it kind of like sets up this weird dynamic where like every episode there's like 10 seconds of just hero shots of the band playing music. Well, it's because a lot of them were unsigned at the time. Mm. They were just starting out, so they right. were a lot cheaper. Right. And yeah. the show had no budget. Um, and most of the budget had to go to the special effects. Right. So they would get these awesome but unsigned bands to come mm. in and play at the Bronze. The Bronze is the local um, like club. Right. That lets teenagers in. Very confusing because they serve very alcohol, weird. but they let teenagers yeah. in. And it's where mm. all the teenagers go. <laughs> all the time. Every night. Yeah. <laughs> Every single night they're like, oh, we're going to the Bronze, obviously. Yeah. Like to the point where it's like if an adult is going to that, it's like. It's weird. Greg, you got a drinking problem. <laughs> like, you can't be going out every night. You have responsibilities, man. <laughs> the only time they're closed is uh, the time between the pre-fumigation party and the post-fumigation right? party. Right, yeah. When they actually do the fumigation of yep. the cockroaches. But you, gotta, you gotta keep it. It's, <laughs> you gotta keep it, like, just, because if it was too clean, it probably would lose, like, its appeal. But also, you gotta not have cockroaches. Yeah. So, yeah, I get that. But yeah, so <laughs> the payment for the bands is like, all right, we, well, who knows, maybe they did pay them. But like another payment was like, we're just 10 seconds of every episode is just devoted to like pans and like Dutch yeah. angled shots of you guys just rocking out. <laughs> um, so let's get to the actual episode now. Oh, yeah, we probably should, right? <laughs> so we start out with um, Darla. Mm hmm. Going into the high school with some guy. I don't know if he's ever actually named. Um, oh, this doesn't matter. <laughs> no. Um, and so she's dressed like a like a prep school or like like a private school girl. Yeah. And it's this guy being like, oh, you know, let's break into the school. And mm -hmm. oh, isn't this super like sexy romantic that we're breaking into <laughs> this high school in the middle of the night? And oh, it's so creepy. Like, oh, my God. It's great. We're committing a crime. Wonderful. <laughs> She's like, did you go to school? Do you go to school here? Mm -hmm. I used to. It's like, uh, okay, so this is a oh, college guy Jesus. breaking into this, his old high school. Yeah, I'm not even sad that he died, honestly. <laughs> oh but God. it is like a fun, like, moment. of course they needed that because it's like, oh, another subversion of the job. Yeah. It's like, oh, she's going to get murdered. Mm -hmm. like when I was watching this episode with Jenny, she's like, don't do it, girl. Get out of there. And I'm just like, mm, oh, just girl, you, you know, just you wait 10 seconds. <laughs> So uh, they break into the school. They go mm -hmm. to the theater. Mm -hmm. And uh, the guy is all like, ooh, this is so sexy. And then the mm -hmm. girl, um, Darla, turns around is like, huh, I'm going to eat you. Yeah. And so she, she's a vampire. We're introduced to um, the vampire makeup. What are your opinions on it? Because uh, I think that's a polarizing okay. topic, you know. In the early seasons, it was a lot more bat-like. Mm -hmm. Uh, I am very glad they softened it up mm -hmm. later on. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a little overkill. They they end up looking a little bit pasty, and uh, I mean, the, hello, white as can be, and right. I'm calling them pasty. Like, um, <laughs> but I do know that uh, in one of the episodes, Joss commented that um, they tried to give when. The actors were in that vamp makeup. They tried to give them as few lines as possible because the teeth would make them, <laughs> like, talk really funny. Yeah. He's like, it wasn't scary. They just, they sounded, like, muffled and, like, they were struggling to talk. Well, because they were. They were. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, I like it because in this universe, in this universe, it's very, like, clear. And they say it, especially with, you know, what happens with Jesse. It's like... These are demons in human bodies. They're not humans anymore. They're like, so it's like the manifestation of that demon, like the actual. Because yeah. a lot of times I feel like with vampires, it's like, well, they're just people. Mm -hmm. And then they have fangs and that's it. But this yeah. like makes them actually like scary. And yeah, mm -hmm. it does kind of look goofy by today's standards. Yeah. Sure. But I think it does a good job to like kind of want, have that real transition between mm -hmm. it's like they're so dangerous because they're these monsters that can pass as a normal human and then they'll yeah another know, reason themselves. they did that too was that um joss thought it would look really bad having buffy kill normal looking people really so they needed to make them look drastically different so that it was yeah, like, like monsters yeah, yeah so that it was like, like okay 
that's cool. I didn't know that. That's that makes sense though. Yeah. When you like think about it, because yeah, when Buffy stabs them and they <laughs> explode, you're like, yeah, fuck that guy. Well, that was another reason yeah. that they had them dust as mm-hmm. well. Was because uh, they didn't want to have to have a plot point in the show mm-hmm. of showing the kids getting rid of bodies. <laughs> I so never like, thought about that. <laughs> we'll just have them explode into dust, and then there's no cleanup. I lo- but I love that. Like that's just <laughs> part of what like makes Buffy so unique. Is yeah. like, you know, that when the vampires die, and it makes it like for really cool kills. Like someone yeah. gets their head cut off, and then it's like turned into dust. Like, and sun, they'll just. Die. I don't know. It's cool. It it's it makes it unique, and then it makes it for me who. It was really introduced to vampires with Buffy, like when I'm watching, like Jenny watching Vampire Diaries, and like so they're just they're just a body. She's like, yeah, like they don't turn into dust. She's like, no, I'm like that's only a Buffy thing. <laughs> Damn, I had no idea. Yeah. So. Which I I was a Vampire Diaries fan for a yeah, while. Right, right. I, it's a good show. But it was. Like I'm sure Jenny was real annoyed. Or like, oh, and Buffy they do this. Yeah, like, it's very nice. Yeah. But this is Vampire Diaries. Please stop telling me every five minutes about what Buffy does <laughs> and how it's better because right. it, because it is. <laughs> <laughs> um. So let's see. So that all happens. Then we have Buffy on her first day of school. Mm-hmm. Um. She's kind of stressed out mm-hmm. about like. Uh, I have to start a new school, like, mm. blah, blah, And Doesn't really want to be the Slayer anymore. Yeah. And her, the whole thing. Her mom, I'm pretty sure it's in this episode. Um, I should have rewatched this yesterday. Um, but her mom's like, I just don't want to be disappointed in you again. I was like, wow, Joyce. <clears throat> wow. Like, well, they, I, they... No. She's, a, she's forgiving in the sense that it's like she burnt down a, a building. <laughs> School yeah. building. She didn't even go to jail. I mean, no, that wouldn't have been Joyce's choice. No, no, but I mean, like, <laughs> Buffy got off lucky. Yeah. She's like, I just don't want to have to relocate again. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That's Which, like, I can get it, but, like, and do, like you, do you have to say that to your kid as she's getting out of the car heading to her first day of school? Like, pick your she's moment, Joyce. Set, she's going to set the ground rules. <laughs> she's got to rattle her before she goes in there. Keep them, uh... <laughs> On the, to keep her on her toes. I do, I mean, that's, from that's... <laughs> Joyce's perspective, in fairness to her, her daughter's going out at night. Like, she doesn't know where she's at. Like, she's not doing great in school, and then she burnt down a building. Like, I get it. I get it. And she's a single mom because Buffy's dad's just like, you know, like a Absent. vampire just dusting out of there. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh, we'll get to that. Mm. Um, okay, so we have the entrance of Xander on a skateboard. Yes. For which the only time ever? Only time ever. Because yeah. um <laughs> they found himself. they found it no. They found it was too complicated to light him. Oh, to light and yeah, shoot him riding the skateboard. Place. That makes sense. So yeah. he, he never rides the skateboard again. <laughs> and I think they very quickly like take the skateboard away. So it's not like obvious that he just because in the entire unaired pilot, he just walks around holding a skateboard all the time. Yeah. And it's really kind of weird. Like, it's like an accessory. Yeah, I don't even remember. Does he pick it up after he wipes out? Like, uh, I think so. Well, because he hits the railing. Yeah. Which looked like it hurt. Yeah. Um, not and I, fun. I think uh, Nikki Brandon did do that stunt. <laughs> I'm, I'm pretty sure. But um. <laughs> so yeah. Be a star. You gotta get yeah. some bumps and bruises. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Okay, wait. Do we want to talk about Jesse? Yeah, well... Do we want to talk about what happens to Jesse yet? Maybe let's not Let's kind of, like, lead it up to it. But, yeah, so there's a okay. there's a group of three friends mm-hmm. at this school. And they're Xander, Jesse, and their friend Willow. Yeah. And their gang, little squad of outcasts. <laughs> and, honestly, the way it's set up, even though I always forget about Jesse, as I said in the last episode, just, like, Jesse... He's so important. How could you? And he has his own lines, like... Mm-hmm. They have moments when he gets like rejected where he's like making a quip and you're like, oh yeah, this is just one of the characters. He's one of the main characters of this show. So (laughs) they do a really good job in setting that up. But then I do think, and if, if they ever reboot Buffy, I know people have said that that's a possibility. I would like to see if they include a Jesse character more like mourning the loss of their friend than they did in the original show. I think that's like one of the parts where it's like this is so 
weird. Like, if my childhood friend died when I was a sophomore, I would talk about it sometimes. <laughs> Honestly, best friend ever, never mentioned again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but we'll get to that. Right. Um, so one of Joss's comments was, uh, Allison Hannigan was so good at playing the vulnerability and mm-hmm. being a... T- um, and being a... T- okay, what does that mean? I don't remember. Um <laughs> I wrote these notes over a year ago. Like, I'm oh sorry. Oh, my God. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, <laughs> Joss said that Allison Hannigan was so good at playing the vulnerability that they found that her character really, like, opened people's hearts. People got very mm-hmm. attached to Willow because they just want to, like, protect her. Um, yeah, no. She's which, definitely, like, like, everyone has a friend like that. Oh, yeah. You're like, you're so innocent. Like, yeah. I don't want anything to, to ever happen to you bad. Right, right. That was, like, that was me. Exactly. So, it's <laughs> like, you got to... Gotta watch out for them, which is actually why it like, makes it important that she's the one who's kind of in distress. Yeah. Obviously, Jesse, too, but. Oh, yeah. And then, um, so, Anthony Stewart Head, hmm? um, they refer to him a lot as Tony, and they refer to Nicholas Brennan a lot as Nikki. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't I don't know what the actors prefer, but uh, Anthony Stewart Head was uh, someone they immediately cast after seeing him. They hadn't originally planned for the Giles character to be British. Really? But after seeing Anthony Stewart Head, they were just like, yep. So he was the first person cast for the show. That makes sense. He's so good. Oh, he's amazing. Um, so they said th- that um, many actors who auditioned for the role of Giles were being very, like, stuffy and old and, like, boring exposition guy. Mm-hmm. Where um, Anthony came in and he had, like, this undercurrent of youth and someone who mm-hmm. could, like, connect with the kids because he was still trying to figure out his own life. Right. Because he had also, like, they have it in, like, the canon of the show mm-hmm. that he had just moved from, like, some, from curating some museum in mm-hmm. England and decided to become a high school librarian in <laughs> California, which right. doesn't make any sense, but, like, okay. Right. Well, so is that is that a cover story for, like, because well, the Watchers obviously. are, like, uh like an order, like an ancient order yeah. with the Slayers. So that was like a cover story, right? Like he wasn't well, really. Yeah. Okay, yeah. No, it's 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 a cover story, but like the the cover story doesn't make any sense. Did Donald Sutherland, because that's who plays the Watcher in the movie, yeah. did he die? Is that why Buffy like is like, I don't want like. I think so. Lot, yeah, that's sad. That's not fun. Well, that's why she was so upset because her old Watcher had died. and mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get it. I wouldn't want yeah. <laughs> After having that happen, I'd be out on, on the whole thing too. But yeah. Uh, so I think it adds like an interesting dynamic. And I think, too, like with having Giles be played by, he's probably what in his thirties ish, like yeah, that area. Like he still like makes like when he has romantic subplots and stuff. You're like, I, I buy this. Like, yeah. You know, he's just a normal dude, other than being you know part of a ancient order. Yeah, I I want to say he's like early to mid 30s right yeah Yeah. so he's old enough mm-hmm. um there's there's a slight undercurrent in the show that uh willow has a major crush yeah. on him which i think yeah. is freaking adorable and if you if you can pick up on like the little telltale signs of it mm-hmm. like she has um a picture of her and giles in her locker <laughs> and, i mean and there's, there's a couple other moments sprinkled within the show and mm-hmm. it's just it's just kind of adorable and it gets kind of makes sense if she's like pretty nerdy like he's like for like a nerdy archetype, like a cool British librarian, yeah. like it makes sense. I get it, Willow. Um, so one thing to um, bring up in the original pilot episode mm-hmm. is that because the show was based in Sunnydale, which is a fake mm-hmm. fake town, but it's yeah. um within California, they had a lot of California speak. Right. So um, one thing that Joss brought up was that um, the California speak was toned down in later episodes. <laughs> Um, and the writers geared, like, the way of talking more toward the way that they speak instead of how they thought teenagers would speak, which... Yeah, I think that's better because... Oh, yeah. Let's be honest, I couldn't write how a teenager speaks right now. I'd be, like, saying shit like, let's make a TikTok, guys, and I'm sure no one says that. Um, Please never say that again. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) No one would like it. It wouldn't... (laughs) So if you just make it normal, it's going to sound a lot better. So um, this geared, mm. or, or this may have had like all the difference because it made the teenage characters in the show feel more real and relatable. Right. Um, not just from a regional standpoint, mm. but also um, they didn't have this air of like, 
as adults, here's how we think teenagers speak. It never works that well. No. And you can always tell, like, in old shows or even current shows where, like, they're trying to, like, add slang, which they don't understand no. and making teenagers say it. It actually kind of reminds me, if I can go off topic a little bit. So, Bo Burnham wrote um, his movie Eighth Grade, right? And he said that a lot of, like, that movie has to do with, like, people talking on Facebook and when he met the... Um, actress who starred you know as the character she's actually like 13 14 years old and she's like yeah no one uses facebook anymore and he's like oh okay and like let her kind of help him rewrite it and like i think it was instagram was like the platform of choice in that movie which i think is good i think maybe consult an actual teenager (laughs) if you're gonna try to like relate to the youth or it comes out really out of touch yeah or just uh you know, write a period piece about 10 years ago when you were a kid, and then you'll know everything. Mm-hmm. So, anyways. So, so segueing that, if yes. I may. Um, so, one thing about the way that the, at least the main group of characters mm-hmm. in the show are written. It's kind of like, depending on who you are, you could really relate to any or all of the characters. Right. Because, like... If you feel like, you know, a vulnerable nerd, then you can relate more to Willow. If you Mm -hmm. feel more of, like, Xander really doesn't have, like, an identifier. Mm -hmm. Like, he's not a nerd. Right. He's not a skater. Right. He's not, like, a dude bro. Right. He's not a jock. Yeah. He's kind of just, like, normal. Yeah. Um... So if you relate more to that, you can. Mm. If you want to relate more to Buffy, someone who is strong and witty and quippy mm. and, you know, can hold her own in a fight, and mm. you can relate to her. Um, and, I mean, even if you want to relate to more than one, because there's aspects that you see in these characters where you, like, you relate to this character on this level, but then mm. you relate to this one on this level. Like, you can totally do that. So mm. there's definitely, like, room for your heart to be attached to any and all of the characters. Right. Which is really nice. Yeah. No, I think for me, like, Buffy, I wish, is how I, like, wish I could be, you know? Like, where she's quip, like, all the time. And then Xander not being able to talk to people very well is way more realistic how i am in real life so it's a good mix yeah. and then of course being kind of nerdy is like i felt like willow struggles mm-hmm. a lot too um mm-hmm. so the Hellmouth, mm. uh being the it's kind of like oh so the idea is that Sunnydale High School is built mm-hmm. on this Hellmouth, which is like this convergence of evil energy mm-hmm. that tends to attract demons toward the school right um which from a budgetary standpoint made sense so that they wouldn't have to have as many sets um (laughs) but also (laughs) but um so the hellmouth was originally pitched as like the idea that it is the reason that all matter of supernatural monsters are um, like attracted to sunnydale Mm -hmm. um this also made sense to joss on an emotional level because high school was like hell to many people right yep yep so it's like when you're in high school, the high school is kind of your the center of your world mm-hmm. and it being hell and yeah. Yeah. And um, I also think it adds, and this is maybe just in my own head, but it's like bad stuff happens at this high school. Yeah. And it kind of like makes sense that if there's like a mystical element, mm-hmm. like interacting with the people there, it's like in their minds, it's not as weird as if people right. are getting murdered every week at a real high school. Yeah. Like to them because... It's like this mystical place. They're just like, yeah, yeah. It's people get killed here. I love in I love in this show how Joss came up with reasonings for a lot of things. Mm. Like, oh, like the reason that we have Vamp's dust is because we don't want the kids getting rid of dead bodies. The reason that all this stuff goes down at the high school is because Mm -hmm. oh, there's a hellmouth under the high school that it kind of attracts it. Mm -hmm. The reason that you know we do this is because of this. Like, there aren't like. At least in my eyes, there aren't like glaring plot holes mm-hmm. as to like, okay, why the hell is all of this happening here? No, I, yeah, and I wonder if, because obviously it's hard to be like, okay, Buffy could be in the real world and then like in other of the shows, like Angel, you know, it expands mm-hmm. outside of yeah. Sunnydale where like, oh, this is happening, but it's like underground, you know, mm-hmm. in like major cities. Um, whereas like, Sunnydale's just 
I guess L.A. eventually becomes more like Sunnydale in the later seasons. A little like, bit, yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's just like everything can happen here. Like, we'll, we'll hold that thought when we go to another episode <laughs> soon. There's something that, like, happens where it's just like, oh, okay, yeah, this makes sense. There's a hellmouth here for this, like, magical thing to happen to somebody. Mm-hmm. I think you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so a couple of the notes. Um this episode is the first appearance of Angel. Yes. Who <laughs> I love him, I'm sorry. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> who doesn't? He's yeah. he's actually like probably one of the most underrated in terms of like successful actors in oh, Hollywood. Yeah. He's been on TV all the time since nineteen ninety seven. There's not been a year where he has not been on a prime time television show. For those of you who haven't seen Bones, you should go see Bones. Oh, so good. It's so, so good. good. I haven't seen his new show in fairness, uh, I SEAL Team. But I'm, sorry. Uh, I'm just not really interested in that. You know, like I don't know. It seems yeah. very like macho guy. Not not for me, but hey, good for him. Yeah. Also, um, Kind of related because, you know, vampires, bats, whatever. He was originally Christopher Nolan's choice to play Batman and Batman Begins. Like he had signed up and he was going to be Christian Bale's character, you know, Bruce Wayne. And then he had to drop out because it conflicted with Bones. But it's a very like a what if. Oh, like, my if God. If he had been Batman, he could be one of the biggest movie stars today. And we would have maybe not had Christian Bale like we have him now. So very interesting. That would have been awesome. Yeah, no, I mean, well, oh obviously, as fans I'm, of Angel I'm, and Buffy, like, we're like, oh, yeah, definitely. But I, it's interesting. Like, obviously, his career's been great. Yeah. He probably doesn't regret it. Well, it's no, I, I, I have my own problems with uh, Christian Bale playing Batman. <laughs> Only because, okay, slight tangent. Sure. I, I grew up with Newsies. Mm-hmm. Newsies on record is one of the few movies that Christian Bale actually regrets doing. It was a 1992 musical about the uh, New York newsboy strike. Um, but <laughs> based on the play, right? No, no, there's no play. Okay. There is a play. Where did it come after this movie? It's based on the movie. Oh my God. The movie came first. It's like Footloose. We're like, <laughs> I assumed Footloose <laughs> was based on the play. Because all the songs are in the movie, but not, yeah. like, performed. And then someone told me, I was like, no, they based it off of the movie. <laughs> movie. <laughs> what? Okay, no. The uh, the movie is from 1992. Mm. Uh, was at least, oh, I don't remember. I think Kenny Ortega um, directed, if not also wrote it. Mm-hmm. Um, he also did a ton of my other favorite movies from childhood, including uh, Hocus Pocus. But um, oh, yeah, and and then went on to choreograph for High School Musical, but we won't talk about that. But um, <laughs> hey, you gotta get paid, you know. <laughs> but um, so I had a problem with Batman seeing Christian Bale, the guy who I always think of as Jack Kelly from Newsies, okay. um, playing Batman. But that that's that's my own problems. And um, you got really jacked for it, though. He did. That helps, right? Yeah. All right. And then they <laughs> they they recast uh, Anne Hathaway. No, it was originally um, Katie Holmes. Mm-hmm. Then they recast her. Yeah, because she had to make mad money instead of The Dark Knight. <laughs> yeah, I know. Katie Holmes, I love you. Oh, man. Well, we're all just happy you're out of Tom Cruise's <laughs> grasp. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm, I'm such a Dawson's Creek fan, too, and I'm sorry. Right. Um, okay, so anyway, getting back to Buffy here. Actually, this is a good point, too, because it's like <laughs> you can see Christopher Nolan was like, I want good actors from tv and he still does this today in a lot of his movies like um where he'll cast like lesser known or like television actors to be like parts in his you know bigger movies which is i don't think katie holmes was lesser known well you know for like especially like in the beginning of the 2000s where it's like tv actors or tv actors movie actors or movie actors now it's like way more like friggin anthony hopkins is on Westworld like it is way like less of a you know wall in between um where people (laughs) only view tv actors as tv actors you know what I mean I feel you don't agree somebody back me up here in the comments please (laughs) um (laughs) anyway getting back to Buffy (laughs) because I will fight you over this Katie Holmes thing (laughs) um 
Um, so anyway, we get the first appearance of Angel. Mm-hmm. Uh, he gives Buffy the cross necklace, which becomes very iconic in the series. Mm-hmm. Um, and important in this episode. Oh, yes. Um, oh, next episode. So Joss actually said that Angel was the most difficult to cast. Because um, to find someone as handsome as David Boreanaz to well, like, be there. David didn't actually like audition audition. No? Um, the story is that they were trying to find someone who was like, you know, oh, he was supposed to be like the pinnacle of like. Yeah, like, he's, David Boreanaz is essentially like, he is, he's a good looking guy. Very and he good was looking. really um, good looking back then. Like. He lo- lo- angel. It's fucking. It's his name. He yeah. looks like an angel. Yeah, but uh, they were having a really hard time casting him, mm-hmm. and somebody said to I think it was Marty Noxon. Mm-hmm. I could be wrong on that, but um, like, oh, that's that's the kind of guy you're looking for. There's a guy who walks his dog on my street every day who <laughs> who fits that perfectly, and they tracked him down and cast him in the show. <laughs> was he even an actor? I don't know. He might not have been. I'm not entirely sure. Like, hey, I want you to be in this I've, I've heard different... TV show. And he was probably thinking, 50-50 chance I'm, I'm getting murdered by this <laughs> man, but I guess I'll take it. Um, let's see. What else? Um, I have a comment in here, but I think it might be a spoiler, so we're going to hold on to that. Oh, yeah. Um, so let's see. Uh Willow's crush and history with Xander is explained with a mm-hmm. conversation between um, Buffy and Willow, which I think yep. is adorable. Mm-hmm. Um, we get the line, seize the day because tomorrow you might be dead. Oof, yeah. It's, it's uh, the, the 90s version of YOLO. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I do have a note in here that says, not sure how these high school kids are allowed in a club that serves alcohol. <laughs> well, I guess Cordelia's like, you should come to the Bronze Lee, don't ID. Yeah. It's like, this place... Didn't get shut down. <laughs> like, it's openly. That bouncer is just like, well, I don't give a shit. Yeah, the bouncer like, never turns anybody away. No. Not once. Like, just give me money and you're in. Right? I don't um, care. So, one thing with the show is that Giles is very, like, stereotypical horror movie driven. Mm-hmm. And then in, like, Buffy keeps, like, turning him down and being like, no, I'm going to do things my own way. Right. He's like, you have to take this seriously. She's like, I am taking it seriously, but I'm also going to go out and have fun. Yeah. It was like, but yeah, I think it's just such an interesting dynamic where, like we said, she's just lost her watcher. She's she's over being the Slayer. She yeah. just wants a normal life, which understandably, like, wants to be forced to fight the forces of darkness when you're mm-hmm. 17. Yeah. Like, sucks. Um, <laughs> Joss makes a funny comment of, Ever want to put the uh, pull on the viewers' heartstrings? Put Willow in danger. Yes, <laughs> physically true. or emotionally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so true. Um, let's see. I could talk about this now. Was it? I could talk about this now. Yeah. Um, Jesse. Yeah. So, Jesse. So basically, <laughs> the whole thing. A lot of introduction of characters. We get to the bronze. Jesse is trying to hook up with girls. It's, it's not going well. No. It's going really bad, in fact. Um, uh, specifically Cordelia. He has a thing for Cordelia. Yeah, which I guess maybe Xander's not that sad that he dies, because he's like, all right, opened up for me. Uh, might be a little premature on that one. <laughs> but yeah, so he's he's really into her. She's not into him at all. No. Cordelia's so funny in this first episode. She's awful. <laughs> She's so just terror. I hate her so much, but it's like funny because eventually you do like end up oh, yeah. liking her a lot. But uh, So it's really funny going back, mm-hmm. like knowing her arc yeah, and being like, oh my God, she was awful, but I still love her. Mm-hmm. And it's great too because uh, like she slowly becomes, you know, well, I don't know if I want to spoil anything. I don't know if this is a spoiler. Anyways, Cordelia, very off-putting in this episode. So mean. Just so mean to everybody. Right. Like, even that girl who's her friend, she's, like, talking, and then she tries to interject. She's like, oh, my God, can I get a word in? It's hilarious. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so Buffy's actually kind of friends with her at first. Yeah. Honestly, they could have had, like, a friendship. Cordelia wasn't the worst, and Buffy didn't almost murder her. Um, so the idea is that they're at the bronze mm. and Buffy is up on like the, I don't even know what that's called. Like there's like, like, a, like an upstairs with a railing at the bronze yeah, where you like can look catalog. down and see everybody, mm. yeah. um, dancing. Mm. And she's looking down and Giles is there with her for some reason. He like tracked her down to the bronze <laughs> and he's like, 
look onto the crowd, like, look into the crowd and, like, is there a vampire here? Do you know? Mm. Like, you should just instinctually know. And she's like, there's one. Yeah. He's like, no, you're supposed to, like, use your instincts and, like, think about it and, mm. and look out onto the crowd. She's like, that one. Right. He's like, how do you know? She's like, look at that jacket. <clears throat> like, nobody wears those kind of clothes anymore. Mm. You'd have to be living under a rock yeah. to still think that's cool. And she looks down, see this, see this guy, mm. um, and he's flirting with Willow. Of course. Oh, Willow. Sweetie. Um, and, of course, Willow has just had this conversation with Buffy where Buffy's like, girl, seize the day. Mm-hmm. So Willow's like, okay, I'll put myself out there. And, of course, puts herself out there, finds a vampire <laughs> or vampire finds her. Mm-hmm. Um, so Buffy runs down to try to save her mm-hmm. but can't find her in the crowd. Um, oh, also, I'm sorry. On When they're up in, like, the balcony area, mm-hmm. Giles is standing way too close to Buffy. Yeah, actually, Jenny had a comment about this. She was like, <laughs> if you just saw this, you would be like, oh, the brain's a creep. What the fuck? He's why like, is he here? And why is he, like, so close to the new girl and, like, whispering yeah. in her ear? Because she's, like, up against the railing looking mm-hmm. over. And he's, mm-hmm. like, behind her with an arm on either side. Oh, and I'm so like, bad. <laughs> I'm like, uh, I mm-hmm. no, having known these two characters... It's it's okay, mm-hmm. but it's also not okay. Yes, yeah, good. It's not a good look. <laughs> so just keep in mind if you're watching the series, this was twenty, like twenty two years, years ago. ago yeah. Um. So where well, was fine if librarians and teachers did is what we're no, saying. No, no, it's <laughs> not okay. <laughs> well, maybe television was different. Shows yeah. and movies were just not as conscious mm. of how it could come off, and also it was probably like a shooting thing like mm-hmm. we need to be able to have this shot but we also need to see their two faces so we need right. to make them like really close together mm-hmm. i'm sure there was a technical aspect of why they did it yeah um this is totally just me justifying it but it's okay um <laughs> it, like you said they do remake it having like a side scene about like maybe two characters being like that guy's kind of a creep right <laughs> like, so, okay. like if you do remake it we'll, we'll be those characters from yeah. this and be like is that Librarian's kind of a weirdo. Hey, isn't that the high school writer? Yeah, it's uh, spicy. He's, he's standing really close to her, yeah. isn't he? That's not a, that's not okay. <laughs> <laughs> I, mean, I wasn't gonna go to the library anyways. I'm definitely not going to the library. I need to go pick up book a book tomorrow. Will you come with me? Yeah, that's probably like, good. I don't want to go alone. <laughs> so you know that's our audition. Um, yep. Hit us up on Twitter. <laughs> we can get everything. Uh, let us know. <laughs> Anyways, no, so, uh, yeah, but, so, Willow uh, gets taken, well, yeah. not taken, but led well, away. So so the dude in the jacket, mm-hmm. that's what I'm going to call him right now, yeah. uh, the dude in the jacket decides, hey, let's go run through the graveyard, because that seems like a fun thing to do. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> they they play a game of, like, chase me through the graveyard, mm-hmm. um, and he, he leads her back to this uh, mausoleum, mm-hmm. and... All of a sudden, who comes in but Jesse and Darla? Yeah, because Jesse is talking to a girl in like a weird swing in the bronze. Yep. She turns around. Oh, they like, we need this swing for the shot. It's important. Yeah. So we can turn around and have her be Darla. And like, yeah. Oh, that's not good. Yeah. So this was after he had just gotten shot down for probably the 10,000 millionth mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. Um, by Cordelia. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he goes over and finds Darla and they just start chatting. Yeah. And uh, so. You get the dude in the jacket, Willow, mm. Jesse, and Darla in this mausoleum. And mm. you're like, oh, God, this isn't good. Because right. at this point, you figured out that the dude in the jacket and Darla are both vampires. Mm. And you're like, oh, no, this is going to be the Willow and Jesse. Yeah. Um, and then Buffy finds them mm. and starts fighting with the dude in the jacket. Yeah. And that is where the first episode ends. Or the first well, half of the Yeah, she... Honestly, has her hand full with this guy. So this guy's yes. supposed, to, I guess, kind of be like jacked and also huge and also a vampire. So mm-hmm. it like makes sense that he'd be so strong. Yeah. And it kind of looks like he's gonna kill Buffy mm-hmm. at the end of the first episode. <laughs> and that's how the season ended. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's how the series. It. Yeah. Series ended. To be continued. <laughs> no, it doesn't. But uh, so what? What? Uh, how does she get out of this? Well, then we have to talk about the harvest. Yes. The harvest. So. Uh, <laughs> so she ends up winning mm-hmm. um let's see they get willow out of there xander 
it turns out that Xander was following Buffy, as he does. Um, he, <laughs> he, he gets Willow out. Jesus, right? And Buffy ends up narrowly escaping. Mm. And then, like, they're pretty far away, and they're like, oh, my God, where's Jesse? Oh, no. Yeah. Well, you get, like, surrounded, right? Yeah. There's just, like, a ton of vampires. They just ran. Red woodworks. Yeah. Um, let's see. So then you have a scene between um, Giles, uh, Willow, Xander, and Buffy, mm. where Buffy is explaining vampires. Right. Because, like, she can't lie to these guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, so she's kind of explaining vampires. So um, here are the rules in the Buffy canon for how mm. you kill a vampire. So you can kill them by either a stake through the heart or cutting off their head. Uh, sunlight burns them but can't kill if you – can kill if, like, the direct sunlight is on them for long enough. Mm. Mostly it'll just burn them. Um, they can't be invited in – or they can't come into your house unless they're invited. Right. And they can drink human or animal blood. Yeah, that's important. Yes. For future stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, because it's always an interesting thing because you can't really have a good vampire, like a character who's a good guy and also a vampire if you don't give them like an out of a substitute for human blood. So yeah, makes sense. Unless you're just raiding blood banks, I guess. <laughs> but that's still morally great. That's a, that's a bad visual. Yeah. <laughs> um, so let's see. So they spent a lot of time in the show explaining the rules of vampires because Joss thought the rules were, like, very important in mm. the horror movie aspect of mm. the genre. Or the the horror movie aspect of all of the genres put together, which became the show. Right. Um, you can't just, like, make stuff up and then you break it and it means, like, nothing. You have right. to establish something so that when it does break, mm. it means even more. Right. Um... So you set up that kind of expectation with the audience. Mm -hmm. So there's like talking about Vampire Diaries. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that your girlfriend really likes Vampire Diaries. Yes. She binged that real fast. Yes. Yeah. Vampire Diaries, they, I think it's because of the way that it was a book and it got turned into a TV show. Mm -hmm. There are things that happen in the pilot episode of that show Mm -hmm. that never happen again. Oh, interesting. So like Damon. Okay. In the pilot episode, has the ability to turn into a crow. What? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not he's, even a bat. No. Okay. He's watching Elena in okay. the graveyard at the beginning of the show mm-hmm. as a crow. Okay. And it never happens. Like, it happens twice in that episode and then never again. Interesting. Same thing with he can get, um, like, fog to roll in. It happens in the first episode. Never again. Interesting. That's so bizarre. No, I think. It's, it's got to be a book to TV show thing. Yeah, it definitely it sounds like something that was like important in the book. Yeah, and then they're like, eh, <laughs> we don't want to train a bunch of crows, and mm. it's getting really expensive to bring in the trainers. So, uh. <laughs> yeah. fog machines, just yeah. whole thing. Um, yeah, no, I think important in any like fictional universe, you got to have the rules because honestly, any story can have any weird elements that you want. And it can be good Mm -hmm. if you set up rules and then play by the rules that you set up. It's like people get frustrated when it's like, oh, actually, this thing we never explained is a thing that can happen and it makes it saves the day. And that's how the thing gets resolved. That's people don't like that. You know. Right. Um, So let's see what else. Um, Oh, so. There's another scene where you see the master. Now, the master is, like, the big bad of season one. Right. Um, and they decided to have him in vamp face all the time yeah. because he the idea was that he was so old that he mm-hmm. couldn't switch back and forth anymore. He just – or he it was either he was so old or, like, he was just way too into himself. <laughs> and uh, he just decided to be, like, bad guy all the time. Right. Um, so, yeah, they kept him in, like, vamp face all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, so the idea is that he was in, like, a buried mission, mm-hmm. um, and he's trapped and is not strong enough to, like, be able to break out of that to get back to the surface. Mm-hmm. So he's been trapped underground for, like, a long, long time. Right. And it's, like, some sort of spell that's keeping him under mm-hmm. there. 
um, which is why like his like Darla is like one of his minions mm-hmm. basically, um, and she can come in and out as she pleases. Right. But um, he's trapped under there. Right. So the harvest, which is the episode we're talking about now, mm. um, kind of one of the plot points is that he is trying to break out mm-hmm. um, and uses the the big like muscly vampire yeah. from the end of last episode mm-hmm. i think his name's luke um right i want to say his name's luke luke lucas something something, like, something that. like that um and like draws like a symbol thingy on his forehead and mm. it was like go up to the surface kill a bunch of people suck their blood your strength will transfer to me and mm. then i can break out right so that's like one of the plot points of the episode mm-hmm. um let's see is this the episode two where he pokes the guy's eye out no, okay. It's the next episode. I think so. Um, it's my favorite part. <laughs> favorite thing he ever does because he makes a pun about it. See, and if you had notes, right, then you would know. Yeah, it's not. It's not good on my part. Live and learn. Um. Oh my god. Okay. One of my favorite parts of this episode, mm-hmm. which I think is really funny, it's, it's totally a nerd thing, right. is um. So they they utilize like computers and technology when it makes sense. Um, and it's for it's things like ninety-seven. Yeah, remember? Yeah. So when they need like quick access to information and stuff, mm-hmm. they use computers. Um, so there's a scene with Cordelia and Harmony. Harmony's one of uh, Cordelia's like minions, basically. Yeah. Um, as as queen bee of the high school, right? Um, I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call them friends. They're they're her minions. Um, <laughs> and so they're in computer class and they've written like this little program or whatever and cordelia sa- says okay we're done how do we save it and willow says deliver yeah and cordelia looks down and there's a key on her keyboard that says del right. which for anybody who's ever used a computer is the delete button mm-hmm. but <laughs> she's like oh deliver hits the button gone yeah so willow <laughs> owned her basically oh yeah it's but great. it's okay because Cordelia has spent like the entire episode making fun of Willow. Mm. So, yeah, the first time we're introduced to Willow, she's uh, getting a drink out of the water fountain, mm. and Cordelia comes up and starts making fun of her clothes for no reason. Yeah. So yeah. It's pretty mean. Yep. Um. Let's see what else. Oh, the tunnels that are all over Sunnydale were a convenience to get from place to place. Yep. For which the vampires. Makes yeah. Sense. Which like indicates to the audience that the tunnels go everywhere. Which mm-hmm. um, I feel like at one point I looked up a, a map of Sunnydale and they literally had like all of the tunnels. Oh really? That's <laughs> I think <cool>. so. <laughs> um, but it's just like they just kind of go everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, I mean, I've, I'm basically out of notes. We can just talk about Jesse. No, that's, that's all right. So <laughs> Jesse, he is going to be used as bait because originally they were going to just bring him to like help the master gets stronger right right yeah. originally they were just bringing him as like an offering to the master mm-hmm. um so they they kind of i'm sorry they they kill jesse for anybody yes. who doesn't already know uh they kill jesse and turn him into a vampire mm. which uh kind of it, it brings kind of another layer of vulnerability to mm. willow and xander um only because like oh my god these were like three best friends right. and all of a sudden, first episode of the series, and they just killed off one of like the major characters that mm-hmm. we've been introduced to. Right. So, um, they end up uh, with Luke and Jesse and a bunch of the vampires going to the bronze, trying to like trap everybody in there mm-hmm. um, because the master needs like offerings, mm-hmm. basically. So Luke starts trying to kill a bunch of people and Buffy shows up and Buffy's like, <laughs> no, this is my town. Right, you can't yeah. do this. Um, and long story short, she ends up killing Luke mm-hmm. and um, Buffy. It's a really er- funny like part where she smashes the window and yep. there's the light, but it's just a regular yellow light. It's, it's a street light outside. It reminded me so much of uh, Hocus Pocus. Yeah. With the daylight savings time. <laughs> Um, it's like, it's the middle of the night. It's not like time. (laughs) Distraction. Hello, idiot. Uh, (laughs) bye-bye. Um, and she stakes him. Mm. And, uh, Jesse ends up getting staked Mm. by somebody, like, uh, Xander's trying to, like, talk him down and be like, dude, like, you're my best friend. I don't want to hurt you. Like, please don't be evil, blah, blah, blah. And somebody runs by and bumps Jesse into Xander and he gets staked. Um. Yeah. When I was watching that with Jenny, she literally just like, so pathetic 
just under her breath. It's like, yeah, that's a, that's a good way of putting it. Yeah. This whole story. Very pathetic. So, yeah. So Jesse didn't make it through the, the pilot, which no. the funny thing about that is that um, Joss actually wanted to do an entire, like, different um, opening credit sequence that included Jesse. Oh. For the pilot episode. To subvert, to subvert the expectation <laughs> yeah. that he was actually going to be a long-running character. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, Unfortunately, it ended up being too expensive to do. To really? do it entirely. You couldn't just put him in. Yeah. Well, it would have. We wouldn't have picked up on it at first, but there would have been like only two episodes of footage for him. Yeah. So people would have been like, oh, that makes sense. Because everyone else has like a decent range of episode footage in their yeah. little intro. So. Yeah. So uh, they wanted to do an entirely different opening credits but they they didn't get to do that oh man um, poor jesse so jesse dies in the first episode and then he's never mentioned again mm-hmm. seriously best buds ever yeah i was like uh that's that's so funny because it reminds me of walking dead a few seasons ago they like did a fake out death with one of the characters and they took his name out of the, the beginning credits for the episodes that he wasn't in oh, so you're like oh yeah you guess he's he's dead mm-hmm. and then they were like no psych it's not actually dead um, so, like, kind of in conclusion mm-hmm. of the pilot episode, um, there are a lot of weaknesses, like, there would be in any good pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's lots of exposition, there's lots yes. of, like, getting to know the characters. It mm-hmm. moves at, like, a semi-slow pace, which is really, it's it's really nice that they had two episodes yes. to kind of do a yes, lot of this. I agree. Um, however, there are definite, like, elements that were just absolute gold that were mm-hmm. carried out they were carried like throughout the entire rest of the seasons you get um quippy one-liners fast talking smart dialogue mm-hmm. pulling on heartstrings burning like or blurring the lines between genres none of the characters dramatically change except for uh jesse um but especially Oof. like between like seasons one and two mm-hmm. the, the characters themselves stay pretty consistent right um you don't have like all of a sudden oh there's this entirely new aspect of this character that right. they never gave any indication of the only thing that really disappears right. is uh xander's skateboarding but that yeah. was that was better off gone <laughs> well yeah they do change one character significantly but we'll get to that because it's also a good transition to the next episode we're going to cover mm-hmm. but before before we finish this off okay um, we wanted to do kind of like a rating system yes. for the episodes. So right. this is going to be between one and ten stakes. Okay. <laughs> because that's, that's what you and I came up with like a year ago. We right. Can't so, it. So, no, it, it makes so, sense. So without looking at my notes to see what my rating is, uh, what rating would you give this episode out of ten stakes? All right. And so we're doing just, there's no half stakes. It's just whole numbers, right? Yes. All right. I would say, honestly, this is for like a pilot a solid like eight out of ten. It sets everything up. You have a good idea of the dynamic. It sets up like a good way to be like, okay, this is gonna be a monster every week. There's a different threat every week, and it does give like a season long storyline and mm-hmm. a season long villain for the show. I think it's about as good as you can get with a pilot, especially back then when TV is like really different than it is now. Mostly, I mean that people put way more effort into TV shows than they did back then. Um, yeah, I, I think an 8 out of 10 for me. What about you? What's your 10 out of 10? No, no. An 8? Oh, yeah. my God. On the same page. What's up? <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, there are just pieces that that are in that episode that are mm-hmm. just gold. And I don't know if, like, the episode isn't necessarily as strong as I think it is and it's totally just the nostalgia factor mm-hmm. of it. But I love this episode, and it's like I have a list of like really four or five must-watch episodes of the first season, mm-hmm. and this like this two-part are definitely two of those episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I, yeah, I think it's awesome. I think if it hadn't been as good as this, you know, it probably doesn't propel the. Sh- and there's a lot of good episodes in this first season. Don't yeah. get me wrong, but I'm sure. When people saw this, it was like, oh, yeah, I like this. I'll, I'll definitely keep watching it. And, hey, I we're talking about it now, 22 <laughs> years later, starting off a brand new show. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to add before we... Nope. Um, next episode, we'll be talking about uh, the, the Witch first. So. Yes. 
So. What, yeah, what's our what's the required watching if people want to watch along? We're going to talk okay. about the next five episodes. Right. So, hold on, I got to switch my... I have too many documents going on. That's it, that's right. <laughs> uh, so the next episode, which is going to be really season one, part mm. one for us, uh, is The Witch, Teacher's Pet, Never Kill a Boy on the First Date, The Pack, and Angel. All right, all pretty solid episodes from just looking at the titles, yep. if, if I'm remembering... This show does a great job with their first season. It really hits the ground running and doesn't doesn't stop. Other than this one episode, that's like I don't, I don't think you actually needed this, but I guess it kind of does help with character development. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Jill, where can they find you online? Uh, if they want to, they can find me on Twitter. I really don't use it, but um, who knows? If, this if people this is going to come out in like a month, and maybe by then you'll have started <laughs> using Twitter more. As I said in the last episode, give me a reason to use Twitter. Yeah, so, <laughs> so everybody go follow her. At, so I'm uh, at Jillian underscore Swan, and that's Swan with two N's. So there you have it. You can find me on Twitter at the fake BMAR. That's B-M-A-R-R. Of course, you can find the channel on Twitter at WG Everything on Instagram at Wicked Oh, goodness, I messed it up. And I'm just oh, no. talking about how good I was at this <laughs> feel. You can find us on Instagram at Wicked Good Everything on Twitch at twitch.tv slash we get everything of course the main channel is youtube.com slash we get everything and this channel is wicked good podcast we have to search that because we don't have a custom url yet we're working on it yeah we need 100 subscribers and maybe by the time this comes out we'll have it i don't know i can't see the future thank you guys so much for watching rate us on itunes share it with your friends who are also into buffy and we'll see you in the next episode The Sunnydale Review is a Wicked Good Everything production. The fan art of Buffy was created by Fishbone Art. The logo was created by Tamar Kutab. The original intro and outro song was created by Alex Carl.